0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 126 of the MTB podcast presented and hosted by Worldwide Cyclery. I am Jared. I am Liam. And I am Trevor. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Trevor is here today on the MTB podcast again.
1: I'm back, baby. He's back.
0: an encore. Is that what you call it? Another one. Another Another one. one. That is correct. (laughs) In this episode, we will discuss our upcoming Chasing Epic trip to Hurricane Utah in the spring. Which we're very excited about. A few personal favorite products of 2023, mountain bike related and not mountain bike related. And also we have Mia from the Women's Mountain Biking Network joining us for a segment and a little bit on women's mountain biking that Jeff and I recorded a little while ago. And also tons of listener questions ranging from drop post matchmaker woes, how to store your bike after riding it in the best possible version of a
2: PB&J sandwich. That's the serious biz <sighs> right there. Wow. So there, could, there
1: could be some controversy in that.
2: Yep. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, crunchy, smooth, like Whoa. straight off the bat, just you know, polar <laughs> <pull> opposite. Easy <laughs> now. We don't want to give too much away, Liam. All right.
0: But first, we got Zach's words of wisdom, and um, I like these words this time. Yeah. He says, "Treat others how you want to be treated." What a you good know, guy. the I
1: mean, golden I, rule. I think the world would be a better place if we all lived that way. That's how I try to live my life it, personally. One hundred percent. I
2: say my life is kindergarten rules. What did your kindergarten teacher tell you? Yeah. Treat nice. others how you want to be treated. You know, don't say anything or, you know. Don't beat yeah. your friend up yeah. in the sandbox. Nah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I might have been guilty you. of yeah. doing
0: that in kindergarten, <laughs> yeah. beating a kid up in the sandbox. I
2: got kicked out of preschool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah nice. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, Liam, we have a lot more in common yeah. than <laughs> well. That's crazy. Daniel's fun fact. There are more trees on earth than stars in the Milky Way galaxy.
1: Wow!
2: Yeah, I, I mean, find that hard to believe. I mean, I don't. There's a lot of trees. A lot the, of trees. It's just the Milky Way. It's not the. Oh, okay. Not, the not universe. everything. Okay. Just the Milky okay. Way. Okay, that's way. that's fair. Because yeah. isn't the universe yeah.
1: like forever expanding? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Right. The Milky Way is finite.
0: That's right. That's mm-hmm. correct. It is finite. So to put a little more context into it, there was a little bit of research there. Okay. I guess there are uh, approximately three point zero four trillion trees on the Earth. Which, in most estimates, put the number of stars in the Milky Way between 100 billion and 400 billion. So, kind of blew it out of the water, honestly. Not even close.
2: That's crazy to think about, though. Just 100 billion stars in the Milky Way, and then there's, like, how many other galaxies out there? Yeah. I've
1: heard heard hundreds of millions of galaxies.
2: Whoa. whoa. That's kind of unfathomable. (sighs) that's kind of insane all right kind of insane yeah but straight to bike stuff let's start talking about bikes because let's start talking about bikes we'll get on my brain changing bikes
0: and rides we've been enjoying lately liam i know you've been riding a lot i mean that doesn't really ever change but i've been riding i've been riding good
2: yeah um yeah um i've really been enjoying though riding my trail bike yeah um been riding with trevor quite a bit on the trail bikes and just putting in big days on the trail bike, like four or five, 6,000 foot elevation days. Yeah, you've mm-hmm. been getting after it <clears throat> on the trail bike is fun. And then ripping down proper trails. Uh, and my trail bike is a Revel Rail 29, mm. which is, Dying. I'm loving it. So Sick. Yep. I've been enjoying, enjoying that bike and those type of rides lately. Solid. Nice. Trevor, what about you?
1: Um, yeah, I've been, having, I've been having a ton of fun riding my mountain bike lately. I spent a lot of time in the summer riding road bikes which is cause it's pretty hot here in the summertime. So that's what I like to do, but um, it's a uh, cooling off and the dirt's good now. And I've been having a lot of fun riding the mountain bike. Um, I'm on an SB 140 right now. And yeah, just putting in big days with Liam as well on the weekends, big weekend warrior right now. Um, and yeah, it's been fun just cruising, pretty going a pretty cruising pace throughout the whole ride, but then on the downhill is just absolutely smashing. So that's what I'm all about and been pretty frothed on it lately.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me personally, I've been doing the same thing um, on my Forbidden Druid V2. And, you know, honestly, I those rides that we did up in the mountains, was that last weekend?
2: Mm-hmm. Or, or, two or two weeks, before, two two weeks. weeks. Yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah.
0: yeah. We went up to the San Bernardino Mountains here, pretty local to our uh, location here in... SoCal and we rode some super fun trails with some big rocks and, mm-hmm. um, in the trees, which is a little bit different than where he's <laughs> rode,
1: rode the trail bikes on a downhill track. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Oh my God. Oh, that, was, that was a super, little out of control. Yeah. yeah.
0: That was, that was a blast. A little honestly. undergun, but it was uh, it
2: was a good time yeah. regardless.
0: Yeah. That was some of the most yeah. fun I've had on the bike in a while. And then just got yeah, riding around here on the Druid and, and a suicide
2: in action. We're all doing a big one this Friday. That's so right. mm-hmm. once this podcast comes out, we'll have already done it. But we're preparing for it. So, yeah, that's going to be like a...
1: Big solstice ride.
2: Yeah. Winter solstice, 7,000 foot of elevation on trail bikes in the backcountry.
1: So, should be good. Excited. That's
2: yeah. going to be legit. All of us are doing it. So, that'll be fun along with like seven or eight other people who don't have their wits about them or else they would have said no (laughs) all right we're
1: we're all a little psycho yeah i know
2: i was like thinking about it. i was like oh man should i do
0: it and i was like okay liam you got to show me the route otherwise like i'm not sure i'm even going to commit to this you're going to have
1: a blast it's going to be a great it is going
2: to be super what else else do you have to do i'm going to eat my favorite version of pb and j on that ride so likewise we'll talk about that (laughs) likewise that's a good call i'm going to bring a little lunch and
0: where's uh where's jeff oh where is jeff he's in reno he's in reno how lame just kidding. It's pretty cool up there, I guess.
1: Sometimes I come to work and I just ask myself, where in the world is Jeff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> or, you might get a different yeah. answer every time.
2: He might yeah. show up
1: randomly or he might be in, I don't know, Ethiopia.
2: Right? Well, <laughs> I, u- I usually know when he's coming back or when he's leaving.
0: I just don't know where he goes. So. Yeah. 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 I usually ask him every time and then I always forget yeah. also. And they're like, oh yeah, you yeah. were going to reno. And he's like, no, I was in Kenya. I'm like, oh.
2: <laughs> he's yeah. a bit of
0: a man of mystery. He is. Yeah. He's an international man of mystery. That's <laughs> for sure. Um, speaking of of going places we are going on a chasing epic trip in hurricane utah hurricane, uh, hurricane which i learned that's how you're supposed to say it yep. um april 11th to 14th of 2024 did
2: you say that was a chasing epic trip that is a Chasing that, epic trip uh, anyone can join on as of right now
0: that's right anybody could join um we're gonna have a link in the show notes to go check that out trevor and i will be there there's potential for us to even record a segment of this podcast on that trip I don't even know how that's gonna work but it might happen
1: <laughs> it's gonna be a ton of fun and the views are gonna be insane right next to zion national yeah. park and it's gonna be sick um, and the riding out there is really fun April is yeah.
2: a really good time for that uh part of utah mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah i'm excited to join on one of these chasing epic trips it looks like a blast and i'm all about it yeah it's gonna be fun
0: it is a blast and i personally have never ridden in that part of utah i've only like ridden in moab once like maybe 15 years ago so super stoked to get back to Utah and that part specifically, I've only heard good things about like Gooseberry Mesa mm. and and all that. So
1: yeah. it's unique and uh, there's no one really else in the world like it.
2: So it yeah. should be fun.
0: Seriously. So check yeah. out the uh, show notes. You're say, uh, you say, going to say Sam, Liam?
2: I was just going to repeat it. Yeah. <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> Chasing Epic Trip. Chasing Hurricane Epic Trip. Hurricane Utah, April 11th through 14th. Hit the link in the show notes.
0: That's right. Come Hit join us. Hit the link. Come ride bikes with us. And, uh, speaking of bikes, that brings us to our favorite bike products and non-bike products of the year. Liam, go for it.
2: Yeah. So this is just our personal favorite bike products. Correct. Not like, cause you guys are still doing the whole. The best of the year. Best of like, the year, 2023. And right. we usually do a podcast with that. This is just our personal mm-hmm. picks it has nothing to do with what's sold or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we have a bike one, non-bike one. I kind of put two down for each because I'll explain why, uh, the bike, bike, um, I've really been digging Martin nutritional products, um, which is related to the bike, but it's not really a bike part. Right. So that's kind of why I have the second one. Um, but yeah, when I, I started researching a lot of high carb fueling options for these big rides Mm -hmm. and especially races where you know, you can't stop and eat a PB&J. You're breathing through your you know, your ears. Yeah. And you basically have to fuel as much carbs as you can. Um, and I stumbled on Martin, who's really been leading the charge of this kind of super high carb fueling systems. Um, and, yeah, their gels and drink mixes are insane. I used them all summer at every event and big trainings I did. Um, and it made a huge difference for me this year so. Nice.
1: Um, I want to I second that too. Cause I've been using that yeah, all yeah. summer cause we started carrying them and it's been great. They're easy to eat and they have everything you need for a big endurance ride. And, um, yeah, I, would uh, give it a two thumbs up for that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I'll third that honestly, like I noticed that if I have one of those, like a bar or whatever, I don't feel like weird afterwards you know like you have you're, something you like don't a have gel. stomach issues exactly yeah. yep like a lot of times you have a goo or something you're like oh man that's kind of like weird you just kind of feel like well, normal and you yeah, feel and fueled up and it feels good like do you just like put a, a tank.
2: eight hour belgian waffle where you're just yeah. oh. you know some people take down like 12 15 goose oh my gosh no where way. with martin you can do drink mix and like three or four gels yeah but you still feel good so yeah it yep. doesn't destroy that's, your gut. that's my first one my other one is my revel rail 29 i built that up in march of this year even though it's not a new product for this year, it's new to me this year. And yeah, I've been loving that thing. I've taken on every trip we've been on this year, trail ridden it all around here. Um, it's just been such a good workhorse and it's super solid bike. So those are my bike products. For me, my non-bike product is uh, a camera called a Ricoh GR3X. Uh, it's a really small, compact digital camera, but it produces really awesome images. So I had that on the Canada trip, the uh, Italy trip, um, tons of other trips. I went to Taiwan with it. Had a bunch of really cool photos from that. Because you can throw it in your pocket, but you get quality photos that I can actually use on like our websites. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I feel like that's the key to having or traveling with a camera is something that can fit in a pocket. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a little too cumbersome to have a big um, camera on your yeah. waist. You know? yeah.
2: And someone will notice you taking a photo or this one. I can just kind of whip it out and choom. Those Take a photo, super candid. Um, no one really notices. i like have this big old DSLR, which I have one for work for you know actual work stuff, but mm-hmm. it's kind of in between. So
1: this is a film camera too.
2: No, that's a digital camera. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, nice. um, yeah, and then another little bike product, is kind of bike related, is a multi tool called the Day Saver Essential Eight. It's basically in the shape of a normal Allen key but it has eight bits to it that you can interchange a two mil Allen all the way through an eight along with a T 25. So pretty close. Um, yeah. I'm getting them on the site. They should probably be on the site as soon as this podcast is live. Nice. Um, but yeah, it goes in my little, my pouch that I ride with every day. You know, it's a small multi-tool that can basically adjust any bolt on your bike. Um, and you actually have leverage and it doesn't take up any room. So Yeah. My little long tangent on my favorite products. Pretty solid.
0: Nice. I'll go. Um, you know, Liam, like you, my favorite, one of my favorite products of the year was my bike, my forbidden Drew V2. Um, it's so unique. I just, the platform, the way that it has traction, but can descend like a a enduro bike almost, but pedals like a trail bike and is super playful. It's just, it's amazing. Love it. Um, and kind of to go with that, the transmission, the SRAM transmission is also pretty epic. Like I can hear it smash onto rocks and just go back to where it is. And like it just keeps shifting perfectly. I never have to adjust it or touch it. And it just keeps on yeah. working.
1: That drive is pretty solid. It's yeah, yeah, pretty damn quiet solid. too. Yeah.
0: Super impressive. And just, yeah, pedaling hard up a climb and like, Oh, I just need to, you know, bang out a couple of gears. And it's just like, yeah, go ahead. It does it. Don't, don't snap a chain or right anything. Yeah. Um, non bike related. I actually just got this and I'm already, like raving about it but it's a filtered shower head that takes out all of like the it strips out all like the nasty minerals and chemicals that you know basically like the county or city puts in your water and um yeah i used it for the first time a little while ago and like 10 times less hair normally came out of my head so that was insane um and i was just like actually louie over here recommended it to me our dj green goblin um and yeah i was just kind of blown away that how like do i never realized you think my hair will come back your hair you should do it okay <laughs> how much how much was one of those it's like 150 bucks oh and wow then, like you get a new filter every few months Uh uh-huh. um you just
2: screw it on basically it just
0: goes right on like yep. yeah you just swap it out but yeah i mean i was blown away I, I always just thought like you know man like i'm getting older my hair's falling out and then i was like you know what maybe it's actually not just me getting older and maybe it's all the crap they're putting in the water and i'd swapped it out and i was 100 blown away like wow and your skin everything feels amazing so total tangent not bike related filter shower that's super tangent.
1: interesting though yeah
0: i mean it's something you literally never think about right you just kind of feel like yeah i'm stuck with this water like my shower is yeah. just how it, how it is but like totally changed everything
1: yeah the la yeah. water is pretty uh hard water as pretty well. pretty gnarly. yeah a lot yeah, of, of minerals in it
0: yeah i mean you have no idea how old your pipes are right and like you know where that's come from what they're adding to it like specifically so yeah yeah pretty cool tried it out it's amazing i recommend it cool yeah
1: All right, well, uh, my favorite bike product of this year that I've had a chance to use um, is the TransX wireless dropper post. And um, the reason why is because it's a wireless post and it's 200 millimeters a drop. So when I originally built up my SB140, I built it up with a Reverb Axis 170 millimeter drop. And um, I was pretty convinced that this was the best dropper post in the market. It pretty much is. It's a uh, super reliable and fast actuating and quiet and um, I would, got the X dropper post to test on for article and we're, we started carrying them on the site. and it was nice because it's a 200 millimeter drop. I have extremely long legs, which um, the
2: transex is also wireless. Yes, the transex yeah.
1: yeah they're both wireless posts, so, but the X wireless 200 millimeter drop post. and since I have such long legs, um, I had on the reverb axis, I had a lot of C posts sticking out of the bike. Um, so much so that it was kind of getting in the way of me riding downhill. Um, it was kind of the seat was kind of bouncing up in between my legs. So using the two hundred millimeter drop wireless post has been super nice just to have a lot of room and also have continue having a wireless post because I do enjoy that. It keeps my cockpit clean. Um, the bike's nice and quiet and just clean and simple. Um, and yeah, I didn't really realize how much I liked it until I recently went on a ride and I forgot the battery to my dropper post. So luckily a uh, friend had another reverb axis post to put in the bike and the 170 and I realized pretty quick how much I liked having more drop with the 200 millimeter. Oh yeah. Um it really did make a big difference in my riding and um yeah, there is the downsides to the wireless post where you will forget your battery one day on a ride, so you just have to be a little bit more responsible for that. Um that that's how you learn though, so. Yeah.
2: Um, when we rode on Sunday, I had ridden ridden the XC bike and a road bike the two previous days. And mm-hmm. the first time I went to go put the dropper down on trail, yeah, that is a 210 and my XC bike's a 150. Yeah. And I like went down, and I like fell, yeah. I like, I like <laughs> fell down. I'm like, whoa, that's way more drop than It's I, a big drop. Yeah.
1: But if you're on anything super steep, it really well, does play to your advantage. And yeah. And then so. once
2: you get used to it, like you don't want less drop, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. it's like you never want to go to less drop versus having more drop. Yep. Unless you're Jeff, which he's weird. So. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: So cool. My best non bike related purchase or product of the year was a uh, rooftop tent. I got for my truck. Um, I got a Tule rooftop tent and uh, it's been pretty awesome. I've, been racing for a while and I've always spent a lot of money just on like hotel rooms or crashing someone's Airbnb from a team or something like that. And I just kind of wanted want to do it on my own program and keep it cheap. And, um, I was able to get a rooftop tent for my truck and go to races or go camping and, um, <clears throat> kind of just live life on my own and not have to be bothered with where I'm going to do something or what hotel room I'm going to get or anything like that And it really makes me go camping a lot and um, be outside more, which is my favorite thing to do. So yeah, um, that's Sick. that's been pretty fun this summer. It's a little cold now for the winter time to use it. So I took it off my truck, but um, next summer in uh, spring, it'll be it'll be good.
2: Hell yeah. Yeah. Your setup was pretty dialed at Downeyville. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't completely sh- sold on it, being that it kind of was low and it took up the bed. But mm-hmm. then once I realized you had like your battery generator in there, a couple totes, you know, gear bags. And then basically once his tailgate's up and his bike racks up, everything's locked in there. That's yeah. pretty nice. So yeah, it was, pretty awesome. Pretty
1: like, secure and yeah. with our situation in Downingville, we did have to pack up shop every single every single morning and oh, really? mm-hmm. to go shuttle the cars around for yeah. for riding. Mm-hmm. And I got really good at folding up the tent. Yeah. My my I didn't spend all the money I could on On a tent, like they make some that are 5,000 plus dollars and will pop up in 10 seconds. This one takes about five, 10 minutes. Um, But as long as you're not lazy and you're willing to do the work, then um, it works pretty, pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The one that you have, how it's mounted like above your bed, makes it so much easier to fold it up and, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: not on the actual roof of my truck. It's, it covers the bed. So it acts as a bed protector as well. Yeah. Like you are saying.
0: I used to have one up top um, and I would have to climb up there and like full on. Feel like get on the roof, yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> not falling off. Yeah, the I just got on my tires
1: do. and on the tailgate, on the tailgate.
2: Yeah, and it's perfect. Super Plus, easy. this one doesn't really affect your gas mileage much. Yeah, it basically sits underneath the roof of your truck. So. Yeah,
1: it's flush with the top of the roof, so it's kind of yeah, it's not super bad yeah. and it yep. doesn't weigh a ton either. And nice. yeah, it's been great. I've been really enjoying it.
0: Sick. Nice, That's all radical. good stuff. All good stuff. Let's see, we have time here. We can jump in a couple listener questions. How about the first one, Liam? You want to ride that? Read that? Ride I'll,
2: that. I'll ride it on, buddy. Ride it. Mm-hmm. All right. Listen to questions. When I'm done riding my bike, should I start and store it in any particular way? Example, should I put my chain all the way down on my cassette, down meeting the smallest cog, I assume? Store my bike with a dropper post up or down? Also, when will there be a product named after being the cat? You Ooh. added that, Jared. No, I did not. It doesn't flow. <laughs> when will there be that. a kettle product named after <laughs> being the cat? They for sure said that. Well, that one's probably going to be never because we don't name them after like animals. Yeah, they're more about like locations or what it, the product's for, unless it's like a a blanket you want to cuddle your cat with. Yeah, we have a c-
0: beanie. It could be a oh, beanie. that's beanie, beanie. I mean, that's pretty good. Cat? Yeah,
2: I don't know, being the cat beanie,
1: being the or just being the beanie.
2: Yeah, the or, beanie, or it could be the cat. And then it's actually, being that's true. We will have pun. to
0: figure out some wordplay to go with that. It would mm-hmm. work out pretty well. Yeah. Um, I do like the idea of putting the chain all the way down a cassette. I feel like that would potentially reduce wear on the clutch and like your derailleur and stuff. Is that true? Yeah.
2: I mean, I think in like a very long, long term case that could be, you know, beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it puts that much on it. I think old school derailleurs where the spring like would actually wear out mm-hmm. is probably more of a thing. Um, I think today's stuff is pretty robust and the springs like don't wear out Yeah. like, you know, that, especially with an electronic drivetrain, there's no spring. For sure. Yeah, um, I would
1: agree with Liam on that specifically, That I think that's an old kind of more myth or maybe it was back in the day on old like Campagnolo derailleurs or something yeah. where the actual spring would wear out. Mm-hmm. And you want to store your derailleur like on a road bike, let's say in this small front chain ring and the small ring in the back of the cog and just to keep it yep. The longevity no. there. Makes now sense. that
2: being yeah. said, if you're in an area where you're about to, you're about to, or you already have put your bike away for the winter, I mean, it doesn't take any effort basically to shift in that small gear. Yeah, it's not going to hurt anything by doing it, but it might help stuff over the long term. Yeah. So yeah. might as well. If you're putting your bike away for the winter for three or more months, I'd say go for it. I think that's you know an easy thing to. Do it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. Dropper post, I think, should always be stored up. Yeah. Um, it keeps pressure off the seals. Um, you know, just like, uh, kind of moto mentality. You don't want to like travel with your your forks cinched down for like days at a time, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So like you go to the track or you go to the desert, then you undo them, get them back up. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want that much pressure on the seals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yep
1: completely agree with that just the less pressure on the system the better yeah
2: yeah can't hurt
0: yeah yeah i mean i can't really think of anything else that you'd want to do i mean store i mean you like to lube your chain when you done when you're done riding
2: yeah when i'm done riding i use a, a wax based lube so i just quickly wipe off the chain put on a new layer then i put it on the rack mm-hmm. and then it's whenever i go back to it it's ready to go i don't have to like go down the night before and clean it and lube my chain because it is i think all chain lubes regardless of its wax base water base whatever is best to put on the night before yeah try makes mm-hmm. sense um but you know that's yeah that's what i do sweet wipe off stanchions too yeah if i'm not wipe gonna, like, off stanchions wash
1: lube the chain keep the uh yeah keep the seals clean keep the dropper posts not under pressure and should yeah. be good to go yeah. good to go basic bike maintenance right there
0: sweet how about this cat have a druid v1 frame with ziggy mullet link currently have a really nice set of reynolds black label carbon rims that are 27.5 is it a terrible idea to go 27.5 by 2.8 or 3.0 in the front instead of 29 and a standard 2.4 or so rear tire interesting so i'm assuming he's saying
1: the twenty seven and a half for the front wheel with the 3.0 will essentially make it a 29 inch diameter yeah, yeah. um yeah i would say no yeah. Um, it's, that's an interesting setup unless you're going to do something different with your bike, like maybe ride like a pump track or something. For or sure. some sort of weird bike park setup. jib
2: type um, deal, Yeah, type but my, my only opposition would be the big tire would be actually like in, you know, hard pack berms or stuff where you're going to get a lot of tire roll from yeah. that big tire. Yeah. Mm. Um, it could be fun if you're in like a very sand based area or even in a little winter riding in the snow. Yeah. That could be a good way to like. Kind of balance the two, but I think as a whole, it's going to feel unbalanced with m- way more tire volume in the front and in the rear. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, that makes sense. And I mean, that used to
1: be a thing with the 27 and a half plus um, standards yep. that were a thing and uh, newsflash, they're not a thing anymore. So um, <laughs>
0: yeah, did, yeah. yeah, you don't really see those bikes coming they out. Didn't work out huh? too
1: well. Um, they do work though, but it's yep. not, it's not as ideal.
0: Yep. Yeah. That is interesting. You really don't see plus size bikes like coming out at all yeah it was a pretty yeah, interesting like little,
1: little uh evolution of the bike industry yeah. when that happened going from 29 to 27 and then kind of in between and what are these bikes purposed for and yep. um it was kind of blurring the lines a little bit too much i think and it just mm-hmm. didn't really
2: work out too well yeah like you know what that yet had the 5 SB sp5 plus or SB five plus like one or two years uh-huh. yeah uh, yeah i mean i think plus size tires have their their area i think they're great for bikepacking mm. like a 2.8 or 3.0 tire on a rigid bike or a hardtail. Yeah, bike packing, yeah bikepacking excellent you're basically going to float over the trail um but once you start g- riding more aggressively i think the bigger volume is a um negative yeah personally yeah checks out checks out well, there you go
0: oh liam your question if you could eat only one type of peanut butter and jelly sandwich how would it be made
2: is this really a question just for me?
0: They literally said specifically, I want to
2: hear Liam's take on uh, this. Flattered. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'll, I'll answer it. Yeah, I mean, i will answer it. I am a bit of a peanut butter and jelly connoisseur. I love them. <laughs>
1: I will say in Downeyville, <laughs> you made me a pretty damn good peanut oh, yeah. butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> Hell, I will yeah. admit
3: that. Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> well, uh, mostly, actually, I switched to this bread because of my diet. I don't do a whole lot of... Uh, whole grain and seed. So I used to have like the Dave's Killer Bread. Oh yeah, that's awesome. The green package. Those are pretty I used good. to love that. Yeah, but now I just eat like the super white artisan's bread. But it's super soft. Um, also, I think it might last a little longer because I half the time I'm eating these, it's on like a four-hour ride, so it sits in my back for like two of those hours. Uh huh. So I like that bread. And it gets all saturated. I'm personally more of a crunchy peanut butter person. Yeah, but there you go. You know smooth is kind of just the standard like yeah if i especially if i'm sharing or i'm buying it like yeah. on a trip i'm not gonna go crunchy because it's pretty controversial you yeah, know it's very yeah. polarizing yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know you, you could find
0: out somebody you know
2: and i don't know the jelly name i just know the the smuckers no no <laughs> uh <come laughs> on, <man. laughs> yeah uh the, I don't, the I, I don't think peanut that. butter i usually get is like uh justin's or like the nice Trader joe's one. oh i got the
0: justin's is pretty good one but yeah. the
2: the the jelly is the glass jar with like the homemade looking label i think mm. it's called like marie's yeah. or something like that i
0: know what you're talking
2: about yeah they strawberry. got a few different ones. strawberry 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 so chunky and strawberry chunky and strawberry and what kind of bread and I, i'd go more of like a preserves than a jelly oh a yeah jam. for sure yeah
0: you get like white bread you said
2: yeah artisan's white bread artisan white bread wow yeah
1: It's pretty soft stuff. Super
2: surprising.
0: I totally would peg you for a week. I
2: was, but then with my stomach stuff, it's just easier to stay away from that. um, Easier to digest for my personal stomach. Mm. So, yeah. Interesting. Sounds like a classic, and super solid. My favorite place to enjoy one is at the top of a mountain in the backcountry where it's been sitting in my back or my backpack for like two to three hours and Mm -hmm. it's all warm. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir.
0: Let me tell you, Liam, I just had one like that over the weekend on the top of Mount Boney and yeah. it's great. Mm-hmm. And that, it tastes better up there. Tastes, you know? better. It tastes better up it there. It gives like you it's, life. It's like a yeah. little saturated. You can see like the jelly coming through the bread almost yeah. a little bit. Like the bread's changing color. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I, I'm not too picky with the with the style. Picky. I'll do chunky, I'll do regular, like I'll do huckleberry. I, I did have huckleberry jam and it was off the Huckleberry
1: chain. jam is the Huckleberry Disney's.
2: can be pretty good. I don't like it if there's little, little like hard bits in it though. Oh yeah. Like from the actual berry. For
0: sure. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna discriminate, man. I like berries, strawberry, blueberry. You know, they're all delicious. What about you, Trevor?
1: Um, so I have two kind of opinions. So uh, I guess <laughs> <laughs> my uh, the first Serious. one is like if I can make an ideal PB and J, it's kind of nostalgic, is maybe how I grew up on them. But um, I like Jif, Creamy peanut butter. Mm, yeah. And I gotta be Jif too, because choosy moms choose Jif.
2: Yep. And then uh,
1: <laughs> and then <laughs> um, I also like uh, raspberry jam. Mm, raspberry jam is oh, pretty good like with, yeah. with the seeds in it too, is pretty good. I really that like that. Yeah. And then just some like soft like potato bread is pretty good. Um but oh, what yeah. I what I'd eat normally is uh, Uncrustables.
2: Oh uh, yeah. So Uncrustables. Oh, Trevor is you're a big guy. Un- Uncrustables. you was just bought like three on a ride. While sometimes. you're riding.
1: Yeah. Like sometimes I'll bring the Martins. Sometimes I'll bring three Uncrustables because <laughs> you, you take them out of your freezer. They're frozen. Put them in your bit what? pocket. They, they, they uh, defrost, they defrost uh, yeah. on your back oh my and it's God. 320 calories, sugar, fat, protein. I mean, what more can you ask for? Wow. Um, it's, it's already packaged. You don't have to do any That's work. That's
2: true. Yeah. It's Pretty cheap.
0: Go. And, uh, yeah. I knew I spotted one I of those incredible packages in your truck. Yeah.
2: You yeah? I will say, there, there. <laughs> likewise in Downeyville, I'm pretty sure you made me a PB&J. Yeah. And he had this like, you bought a whole loaf of bread from a, a from bakery. Shats. From oh, Shats, yeah. And he was making PB&Js on the Shats oh, bread. Oh, that's got to be killer. And mm-hmm. it's pretty bomb too. Well,
1: and then we had your peanut butter because uh, you had yeah. peanut butter from the local Ventura
2: market. Oh, yeah. yeah no, from uh, Winco. Oh that, actually, God. I take that back. That's my favorite peanut butter. You guys are
0: collaborating. Yeah, <laughs> is uh, kind of sewers, man. I
2: know. we're we're about to get cut off from this. We got paused, but Winco honey roasted peanuts, and then they f- grind it fresh right there in like the back in the bulk section. where is that fire? They have one in Ventura, but they also had one in Reno when I was doing my wow. s- second round of shopping for that. You Never know, heard of that. Two weeks we're on the road. Right, yeah, you're gonna have to show me that. So. Show me what that's about. Everybody, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah,
0: a lot of good tips there, biking and non bike related um speaking of tips we are going to jump into our segment that uh, jeff and i recorded a couple weeks ago with mia from the women's mountain bike network about women mountain biking and tips and a bunch of awesome bunch of awesome information so check it out
3: well if you can give us a, a little quick answer on how and why women should ride mountain bikes
4: Oh, man, where to begin with that? Um Mountain biking, as you guys know, and everyone listening, is just a, an amazing sport. And the rush you get from mountain biking is great. It's a confidence booster. It allows you to go anywhere on the trail, anywhere outdoors, really. And it's not only a community sport, but it's a solo sport. It's something you can do by yourself. You can just get on the trail and be with nature, which is super awesome. Um also, another really cool thing is that if you're injured, if you have, like, impact injuries, mountain biking is really cool. Like, I can't run anymore from years of soccer. Mountain biking is the thing that I enjoy doing the most. And yeah, low impact on the body. Low impact. And it's just it's just the best sport, man. Like, it's just the coolest rush you get totally. on a mountain bike.
0: Low impact, high stoke. Yes. I love that. <laughs> trademark. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. My
3: trademark is it's the second most fun way to get exercise. Oh, I like that. What's the first but leave that up to the imagination <laughs> <laughs> all right then and that's for you to decide <laughs> yeah, that's for you to decide, jared you want to hit the next question <laughs>
0: um what are the hurdles most women experience as they get into the sport and how might they overcome them would you say
4: all right i'm gonna try and be as succinct as possible here all right uh okay. there are a lot of hurdles that women experience um the main one of them is lack of resources, hence why I wanted to start the network, is to have a central hub for women to come to, find anything they wanted on bikes, pedals, uh, clothing, gear, like anything you can imagine because they're really – that doesn't exist anywhere. Um, One of the biggest ones that I personally experience and a lot of women experience is finding demo bikes to demo in their size, so like a small or an extra small um, even sometimes mediums can run larger than small. So it, yeah. that's a bit of a challenge. It's hard to find bike shops that have that. Um, I think that's changing, though. Uh, a lot of bike shops are trying to be more cognizant and aware of it. Um, the other big thing is clothing. Like clothing for women is really difficult to find. Thankfully, there are some really good women-owned brands that are coming out with their own clothing right now, which is really cool. Um, we just need more people to advertise and push to the shops because that's another thing. Women can't go to shops and find clothing that fits them normally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another really big one. And I think sometimes what we experience is intimidation on the trail when it can be heavily dom- male-dominated. Um, with that said, I do have a lot of friends – that are men who are supportive and help and want to be there. So I think getting through that initial hurdle of like being intimidated to ride with guys or even your partner, or your boyfriend, whoever, mm-hmm. um, women just need to get out there and do it, you know, and stand your ground. Like you're there to have fun. It doesn't really matter if you're sending yeah. it or not. You're just totally. having a good time. Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. You know, it's like, I noticed when we were in, Canada. It was like almost like a 50 50 split, I felt like, yeah. between the men and women yeah, ridership. It totally was like so here. cool to see. That's awesome. And it was just like, that oh, was just so much more normal. When it, out here you see a girl on a trailer, you're like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. It's like one in a hundred. Whereas out there, it was 50 out of 100. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was I, found, cool. I
0: thought that was awesome.
4: Especially yeah. in Canada, were you guys doing like uh, downhill? Were you over at? We were in Whistler? Squamish, and
0: yeah, cruising yeah. around like, Squamish. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was
3: awesome. Just riding trail bikes. Yeah. Just riding trail bikes. Um, yeah,
0: so yeah, I wonder if it's almost like a geographical thing where I don't know. It's more yeah. like just. You know, girls growing up in Canada are just more like introduced to it, you know, and could be, I don't know,
4: could be. And maybe there are a ton of women out there that they don't know how to find each other. Right. So that's another thing we try to develop is like a central hub for groups and clubs and other women that you can connect with to just go and ride, even if it's just one woman, like.
3: Yeah, that was, that's totally. a good segue into the next question, which I had written down about resources to find other ladies to yeah. ride with. And that was before I realized you have a whole page on your website <laughs> uh, dedicated to that. But So the idea there is there's all these different clubs around the world that are kind of their mission is to get more women together to ride, right? So they can yeah. all ride with each other. Um, and then your resource has got everything on there. And if people want to add to that, they can just email you, right?
4: Absolutely, yeah. So... Either email the the network, uh, info at network.com or you can DM us on Instagram. We're really active on Instagram. And you just send us a quick little form on what we need to add to the website. It's a free service. Um, you don't have to be like a full-on registered club with a ton of members. If you have you and five ladies that ride... Like hit me up, tell us so that we can put that on there because you never know there could be a ton more women out there that yeah in the same area that that's how Flagstaff Lady Shredders started in Arizona so awesome you just gotta get the word out right yeah yep. so
3: yeah that's a that's such a cool idea because then they can just go zoom in on the map see if there's anything near them and then click yep. on it and boom and all the infos yeah.
4: there so who you have to c- contact email call Instagram page like I guess Instagram is huge for women's MTV groups now too so um, that's a good place to start. Just go on Instagram, women's MTV group, and then see all the, all mm-hmm. the women's that come up, all the groups that come up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So,
0: like we were yeah. kind of talking about earlier, like, you know, when I kind of wanted to get my partner into riding and like yeah. she wasn't really super stoked on riding with me <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, I, I was trying to push her and she didn't want to be pushed. So I'm like, okay, well the resources that you have are probably like the better way to go for somebody who like my partner who wanted to get into mountain biking instead of, and so then like more like-minded people, right. To ride with and stuff. So yeah. Similar skill
3: levels
4: too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Similar skill levels. A lot of, of women feel intimidated that they're not going to be able to catch up with others, whether it's on a climb or downhill. But the, the old saying that I found recently is if you're invited, like they want you there. So don't feel like you're too slow or too, whatever, like they want you there, like show up, dude, just have a good time. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Good I point. tell my friends that too. <laughs> like,
0: I don't care, man. Like, I just want to ride with you. I don't care, yeah. you know, how long we're out there. The longer, the better. I mean, yeah. she,
4: I, I, mean I suffer from it too. Uh, Brisa, who you guys know, uh-huh. she's become a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah, she shreds. And we were hanging out on Saturday for my birthday and she's like, let's just go ride Rocky Peak, dude. And I'm like, I don't want to ride with you, man. Like, you're going to kick my butt. Like, I, there's no way. She's like, no, no, no. Ooh. We'll go at whatever pace. And, and I know I could handle it, but she's just such a shredder yeah. that... Yeah. I don't want to research just leave me like a <laughs> yeah, mile disappear. down the trail. <laughs> yeah, totally.
3: Oh, killer. This is literally amazing. Those are like just the perfect little tidbits and points we could add in there. Any, awesome. any last final thoughts or words or tips for women to get out there and ride bikes and have fun?
4: Go to your local shop, support your local bike shop, see what they have, have them explain to you what would fit you and just go on a bike. If you can demo it, demo it. If you just, if you can't demo it, buy a bike. Get on it and ride. I don't know. I totally butchered that. I know you guys could probably edit that out. But um
0: <laughs> there's not much more to it. <laughs> there's not much it. more yeah, to it, just, right? Yeah. Like go
4: to your local bike shop, see if they have bikes to demo, find some friends in your area that you can ride with. More more often than none, they have an extra bike you could demo out. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, and and you know, be confident about what you want and people will help you with whatever you need. Like yeah. you guys did when I was buying my bike here four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. They didn't mean for that to be a plug, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Thank you.
0: And now, back to the show.
4: Okay, we
0: are back. How about that? We're this, back. And we're back with a great question. And I was actually just talking with my buddy Andre about yesterday. He's in a dilemma with his SB150 and he wants to get a new shock. And so does this guy. If you had to pick a shock for an SB150, would you get a DPX2, which I think he means X Push 116? a new vivid cane Creek EXT or something else. Also being the cat is great. Keep us updated on bean on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Beans doing great. Thanks for asking.
1: It's pretty, pretty tough question because all those shocks are pretty good.
0: Yeah. It really uh, yeah. just depends on your, like your purpose, right? Your application,
2: what you like to ride. Yeah. I think that new vivid is a killer yeah. shock. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of gives you a lot of the best of everything. It's easy to set up. There's not a whole lot of adjustments that come with Rock RockShox. Um, you know, plus yeah. it looks pretty beefy and badass. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that would be a perfect shock for the 150. Yeah. And might as well get it. It's It just came out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, all those shocks are pretty expensive, so might as well get the newest one. Yeah. And uh, latest and greatest technology.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you probably get a pretty good bang for your buck. I mean, that that uh vivid is super adjustable super reliable i mean it's gonna do everything you want it to do i don't know i say, i say vivid yeah i yeah. know
1: a lot of people have ridden the push 11.6 on a 150 and yeah. they're pretty happy with it but mm. at the same time you can't go wrong with the float x2 either i mean Richie Rude races that to victory on yeah countless ews wins so
2: for sure yeah,
1: um yeah you're, you're not really gonna go wrong i would say but um yeah just pick whatever comes to your mind Whatever's uh Tickling your fancy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Big I like fan
1: the,
0: of the Vivid, though. I like I the vivid. hydraulic bottom out on the Vivid. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I had a Push 11.6 on my SP 150 it was great for most things, except for, like, huge um like you know flat drop impacts like i don't know what you call it and that's kind of the issue with coils too yeah big hits you know it would kind of blow through the travel unfortunately but yeah like you said it's kind of linear thing Mm -hmm. but uh that's why i think you know you, you get a little more benefit out of a shock like the vivid it's you get that hydraulic bottom out and super adjustable and yeah you could probably make that thing feel amazing on there yep sweet liam you want to read the next one
2: yep What's up, guys? I've been convinced of the voodoo magic that is CBF suspension. Yeah, boy. Now I'm looking at a longer travel bike, and I have a Rail 2.9 or a Canfield Lithium in mind. What would you say are the essential differences between these two rigs? Who is the rider that best fits these two different bikes? Any info or opinions are appreciated. Mm -mm -mm. Well, I'm a little biased, as I have a Rail 2.9. You are. But... Uh, I think the Rail 2.9 might just be a touch more of a finished product. Is Mm -hmm. that fair to say? A little more refined. Over a Canfield?
1: It's just different because one's aluminum and one's carbon. One's aluminum,
2: one's carbon, with the Rail 2.9 being carbon. Um, There's also the water bottle you can get inside the frame on a Rail 2.9, which Canfield only has mounts Mm. on the underside of the down tube, which to me personally... Is a big drawback. Um, I really like riding with a water bottle in the frame. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think if you're looking to do like park laps maybe, or if you're going to be beating up your bike a little bit more or not, so I guess friendly or safe with it, then the Canfield might be right yep. up your alley. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> if you're looking to have a net rig you want to take care of and have be nice for a while and, um, Yeah going big, long trail rides and stuff, then the rail two nine might be a better option.
2: Yeah. Also the rail two nine has UDH. Mm -hmm. Mm. So if you're looking to ever have transmission in the future, um, you know, that's basically, I guess, out of the two options, the rail two nine has that ability. Interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. Future-proofed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I guess it just depends on really what you value, right? Like, you know, if you value the water ball in, in the front triangle, I mean, it's kind of a big
2: deal. Yeah. yeah, but the Canfield is quite a bit cheaper than the Rail 29. That's so true. You could save your money by you a hydration a pack. Similar feel with a Canfield lithium, you know? Yeah. Save a little, little bucks. Save a couple bucks, huh? Or maybe yeah. invest
1: it into something else like the suspension or. Yeah. yeah. Sick, sick wheels, good brakes. Yeah. All those things make a pretty big difference in how your bike
0: rides. For sure. Man, very interesting. What a conundrum. Oh, my God. Speaking of conundrum, this guy's got one right here. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Trevor, do you want to read that one? Yeah.
1: My conundrum is uh, one of form versus function. I like having a clean cockpit, and so I appreciate the option to mount my shifter and dropper lever to my brakes. I currently have Shimano brakes and drivetrain along with PW components dropper lever. PW offers an I-spec mount, however, it does not allow for much forward or backwards movement. And so with the angle I run my brake levers, it puts the dropper post lever way under the bar, making it diff- difficult to actuate. So, what would you do in a situation like that? Do you A, go with the most aesthetic route regardless of function, so basically run the dropper lever with the iSpec mount, mm-hmm. or B, aesthetic be damned. I just run it with a clamp and don't cry about it. <laughs> um, what's your advice and what's your default with making a decision?
0: You know what option C would be is get new brakes that have a better <laughs> matchmaker.
2: <laughs> or cheaper option could be a different
0: dropper remote. Or a dropper remote that's a little more, um, more adjustable, right? That's a tough one, man.
2: I mean, I think there's another C that if I'm thinking in the I-Spec 2 mount, it mounts under the clamp and it's like a a shim that moves. Could you just like Dremel off, you know, five mil of half of that shim Mm -hmm. so you're actually able to rotate it that next like five mil up? That's a good idea. I can't imagine it personally right now, like where it comes, but that might be an option. Yeah. And if it's not, I mean, that to me, your cockpit points, your touch points is like pretty much the most, one of the most important parts of your whole bike. So I would go aesthetic be damned. I would go with option yeah. B. Uh, don't cry about it and have your dropper where you're going to hit it perfectly every time. It's going to be in the spot for you.
1: Yeah. I would yeah. agree with that too. I think the best, um, kind of cleanest cockpit setup is the Stram's matchmaker setup yeah. because you can adjust so much fore and aft and side to side. And um, I think that I've set up as a mechanic a lot of brakes, like for instance, like Magura or TRP where they have their own kind of integrated system where it does put your shifter lever or um, dropper post lever in a horrible position, to be honest. And um, in that that case, I would ditch that, go with its own singular clamp and call it a day because, yeah, having your thumbs shifting and dropper post where you need it to be is – way more important than um, a clean look. Yeah, so that's the, I would say the clean <laughs> Which, look is just a bonus. Yeah. Which
2: is, we're talking about one little clamp. Yeah, We're not talking about like this, you know, huge hideous, I don't even know, you know, what you'd <laughs> compare it to, but right. you know, one clamp, um, I think you'll live, but. Yeah. Um, I think you guys are right. As much yeah. as I love a clean cockpit. You I know, mean, of no, course I love, know, no yeah, I love clamps. single clamps, but. Yeah.
1: yeah. And like, to me, that could decide what brake I get or what dropper pressure I right? get. For sure, definitely. Yeah. Um, because I do want it to be clean like that. I do like strive for that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's definitely function over fashion. Yeah. yeah. Regardless. When, when, I
2: was, when I was running Maguras, it took me a little bit to get the correct offsets of each side that I wanted. I think I ended up running like the same offset on each side with like a certain wolf tooth Magura mount brake lever. Mm hmm. With like the light action because it extended further. Yeah, I went down this whole rabbit hole. Yeah. Just to get my Maguras to like feel great on a single Matchmaker clamp. Yeah. Which like you know, I guess I have the ability to, but it's a little, <laughs> it is a little overkill just to you know have yeah. that outlook. And yeah, with TRPs, I I never run their Matchmaker. Mm-hmm. I just always run a clamp next to the brake lever because it just always works better. It, it just works. Yeah. It just works yeah. way better. It's arguably worse than the Shimano one. Right? i think the, is.
1: the shimano one's pretty adjustable actually yeah. um yeah. yeah
2: well the new the shimano one is, is basically the ev is basically EV. SRAM.
1: yeah it basically is yeah. and you can actually um little tip you can actually use a matchmaker on that um it works i've yeah. seen that that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it doesn't always
2: tip. like slide because yeah. the like two curvatures are just ever so slightly off so it kind of gets stuck wherever you tighten it but you can't put it on there. Mm-hmm. pretty yeah. sweet
0: yeah that's a good tip yep yeah, actually I had a pretty good uh, luck with Magura's like having lineup line up with that. The Matchmaker. Ex- yeah, with the Matchmaker yeah. and the Wolftooth one that
2: yeah. goes on there, yeah.
1: Yeah, m- they may work, but they just don't work for every single yeah. option out yeah. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah
2: for or sure. Or like if you're going from mechanical SRAM to Axis SRAM with Magura, it gets funky too. Yeah, oh between yeah. The two, yeah, that makes sense.
1: And if you did a different dropper post remote um, per se, specifically for the dropper post, um, Wolftooth just came out the new Pro Remote, which true. is pretty damn adjustable. So, Yep, that's mm-hmm. true.
0: Yeah, you could try another remote if you really keep on having issues. Yep. Sweet. How about the next one? I'm a listener from Switzerland enjoying your podcast. I have a steel frame hardtail Canfield Nimble 9 with a 203mm Magura rotor on XT brakes. My problem is my fork is old and still working okay, but since I put on the new rotor, the fork starts to wiggle, aka flex, back and forth quite a bit when I brake. Would you say the rotor is too big... Or is the fork not stable enough? I never serviced the fork, so I was thinking about buying another one. In case of a new fork, I wonder how the geometry affected is affected if I go up 10 mil travel. Hmm. Interesting points here. Interesting points. I actually also had a 200 mil rotor on a, on a pretty short travel fork, 130 mil Fox 34. And I did notice, yeah, thing flexes a lot when you're braking. And it kind of got me thinking like, is your fork going to flex more with a bigger rotor just because of that contact point? on there? Or am I just so in the weeds right now that it doesn't make a difference at all?
3: Yeah. I
1: think you could just be maybe overanalyzing too, because, like, let's say you are on a steep hill and you grab your front brake. Your fork is going to flex in, mm-hmm. but think about how much more flex is going to happen when you hit a drop or when you hit a rock mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that, or you're braking really hard in the trail. It's like, it's going to flex, but you're actually noticing it because you're looking at it. Right. Um, I think they're going to flex regardless. And I think if you have Magura's, which are extremely strong brakes with two or three rotors, um, it's going to stop pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah. And, uh, it's going to flex your fork.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is that fork (laughs) flex is actually wanted. Mm -hmm. Like if you had a very stiff fork that didn't flex, it would not be comfortable. Mm -hmm. It'd feel like a Fox 40 on a trail bike, which Mm -hmm. you don't want that. So the flex is actually like adding comfort to you. Um, you know, so that, you know, it's not a bad thing to have that flex, um,
1: and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe a Yari is pretty stiff fork as well. Thirty five mil I, stanchions. I believe you know,
2: Yari pretty, the pretty beefy fork. Y- lyric folder. chassis? It's Yari. Is, Yari yeah, Yari is lyric. So it's not like you know, you don't want to get a Zeb on that, that Nimble Nine or go into a new new the new lyric might be a touch more stiff than that older Yari, but it's not gonna be nine day. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. gonna be very similar. So Yeah. Um Interesting. Yeah, if you, even if you look at a, a video of a Zeb slow-mo from the side. There's a lot of flex on a Zeb or a mm-hmm. 38 still. Yeah. And that's, you know, your stiffest single crown fork, you
4: know, yeah. of the yep. big,
2: of the big name. So, yeah. So still trying to make them light. Right. Like, you know, so inherently yeah. there's going to be flex. Yeah. Like they're hollowing that out as much as they can. To I would say more stiffness. They want it to ride well. Right. Mm-hmm. So flex engineered flex is good flex. Right. People associate flex is as bad, but engineered flex is actually good. You want that. It, it enhances your ride. Right. So, and then, yeah, going up 10 mile travel. Um, on a hardtail, you're just going to raise your BB a little bit, but you're also going to slacken out your head tube. So, if you really want to get pretty gnarly on the hardtail, you can try it out. <laughs> um, but you know, 140 on a hardtail seems like a good sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I've never ridden a hardtail. And he has, I guess Annie has a Yari at 140, so it's like a lyric at 140. So he's not like yeah. over. He's not too long on that to create more flex. He's actually quite low. Yeah. So
0: interesting. Yeah. Interesting points all around. Yeah. Jeez. Well, yeah, I guess that kind of wraps that one up. How about, how about the next one here? Trevor, you want to read that yeah. one? Yeah.
1: What is up worldwide cyclists? Uh, <laughs> I was wondering what the most unique or a few of the most unique trails are that y'all have ridden and why mine is personally a shuttle trail that starts in William Inette, Williamette Valley that goes through a rainforest, lava rock, and some waterfalls
2: that's pretty cool it's that pretty, is sick. pretty cool i actually
0: replied to this guy's email and uh the trail he's talking about is the mckenzie river trail oh sweet yeah in it's oregon like, yeah in oregon yeah um, i have not ridden that but that sounds really cool yeah it sounds pretty cool i asked zach about it because his parents live in bend and he he didn't really have very good words to say because he crashed on it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well he crashed on the lava rock section apparently he didn't oh. like that um but for, i've looked at it and it looks like a sick trail um But I guess I'll go first. Probably one of the most unique trails I've ever ridden was that trail we rode Mm -hmm. in the Dolomites, the Paladina San Martino. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. That was like, like, honestly, I was thinking to myself, Mm -hmm. like, how is this even a bike trail? Like legally.
2: Yeah. You basically start on a above tree line, like mountain that looks like the moon. It's pure rock. There's no dirt. All Dolomite rock, right? Yeah. All Dolomite rock. And you descend that for probably at least a thousand feet, like Mm -hmm. vertical drop. Yeah. Yeah. And it's slow; it's not like fast rolling. And then you get into like also sick trail riding, yeah, for a while. The trees and, then, and
0: switchbacks, and, and then you drop yeah. into
2: like a proper enduro stage of like trees, switchback all the way down. Yeah, tech that was cool. That
0: was super cool. Right. Very also, unique. I've Very also unique. ridden
2: some cool secret trails on Oahu in Hawaii. Wow, some pretty cool, like rainforest vibes, kind of, uh, kind of outside of Puukela and like above Waimea Bay. Very wow. cool. Pretty cool stuff out never there. have never ridden bikes in Hawaii. Like red, dirt. Oh, yeah, red dirt. Yeah, some red
0: dirt. That sounds amazing. i always want to ride dirt like that. Yeah. Like that clay. What I would, you, Trevor? I would say for me,
1: I've, man, I've ridden a lot of really cool trails, but I had to think about this one for a little bit. But I rode a trail in the Lake Tahoe area um, off of the Perfect Cycling Trail, and it was a couple hundred yard rock slab going mm. down Whoa. into a valley. Dang. And um, it, was, it was really unique and special. And... Um, we had to kind of search for the trails, like yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and yeah. it, was, it was unique. It was a really cool experience. And um, that's yeah, I'd love to try that again. Wow, mm-hmm. I
0: love rock slabs. Yeah, you got to ride that sick trail in Squamish, In and Out. I rode
2: and I rode a lot. I pretty much rode all like the famous slabs in Squamish. Yeah. In and Out. In and Out was cool because that slab is so famous. And now every time I see someone doing something crazy on it, it like is like whoa, that's actually yeah. really gnarly. Like you think oh like. Doing a little stoppy down that's not that big of a deal. No, yeah. it's scary. Yeah. The stuff those guys like, are doing. Like the Squamish first time I wrote down that in or... the video, I watched the one of the guys recorded me, and I was like, wow, I am so slow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, can you delete that? <laughs> yeah, like I look,
2: I look like I'm like just creeping down. Yeah. And they're like jumping into it yeah. and like skidding. And the thing is, like, what you don't see is it goes into trees, and like the right, the super right line is like sketchy, kind of like drop into the trees, into a you have to hit a bridge that's like a foot wide. <laughs> so these guys are like hauling into this bridge that's only like a foot wide. And it's like, you know, a big ditch on either side. Or you go the other way, but you basically have to come into like a almost a switchback right hander. That like you don't see you disappear once you're off that slab in the trees. It's all dark. Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty crazy. Jeez. There's another also another slab up there that had like it was almost like a skate park. It like came down and back up oh yeah and then it had like a couple like drops in the right hand corner i remember that was that entrails or uh one of those yeah no clue but i was able to get up on the high line but it was super cool like unique skate park i remember that yeah Yeah. that's what i was gonna say um you kind of reminded
0: me of that trail in squamish like entrails all the roots yeah and that really cool rock slab feature that was pretty rad
1: yeah one time i rode in moab and we rode slick rock trail yeah um, Yeah. which was interesting for sure because it was like a skate park for bikes yep um but it was challenging, actually, because the climbs are so hard to make. It takes a lot of power and effort, and you're kind of just peaking your heart rate the whole time. For sure. So I think it would be really fun on an e-bike, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be a little bit more enjoyable. But that was probably another one of the most unique trails I've ever ridden. Totally. Um, just completely different. And I think that's the coolest part about mountain biking is that, like, a road's kind of just a road, but a, a trail is always going to be different. Totally. And you can go from one mountain to the next or one uh, country or state to the next. And it's always going to be something completely yeah. different and unique, which is... You can, and you can also ride the same trail, and it's going to be different. Yeah, you know? it's so, almost like
0: another yeah. sport when you put it like that, right? <clears throat> and that's that you're right. It's like the best part of mountain biking—just mm. all the different dynamic. It's yeah, very cool. dynamic. Super yep. cool. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan of riding. I bikes. I like bikes. Yeah. Bikes, mountain are cool. bikes are cool. Bikes are cool. Speaking of cool bikes, uh, this guy pur- purchased a Forbidden Dreadnought in the spring. Absolutely loves the bike. Plus, it has the best name in all of mountain biking. So, he originally bought the bike for the area he was living, White Mountains of New Hampshire, which has some killer steep rocky and rudy terrain and a few bike parks around. Now he's relocating to southern Maine, which is much more flat, but somewhat technical XC-style riding. My question is, are there any lower-cost upgrades you'd recommend specifically for a high-pivot witchcraft beast, such as the Dreadnought, to make it rip a bit better on the more mellow stuff, but still be able to take to the bike parks on the weekends?' tire suggestions, etc. Trying not to break the bank since the price tag on the bike almost broke my marriage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a lot of bean love in this episode. That was just a coincidence. Mm. Um, mm. yeah. Tire. I mean, definitely switch up the tires. You know? Yeah.
2: I mean, I would say the best would be a, a dual wheel set option,
1: mm-hmm. but he's not trying to break the bank. So it's yeah. tough. That's yeah, tough. I mean, and, tires. It, and it
2: depends what wheel set you have now, but you can get a, DT Swiss wheel set for That's true. under a, a full alloy wheel set 350 hubs, you know. 1000 bucks. Yeah, 1000 bucks are under um there's some good deals right now to be had as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um and I would set one up with, you know, your your double down classic enduro tires and set one up with like a faster rolling like a forecaster is a good one or EXO casing like DHR's front and rear mm-hmm. are good. Yeah. Um Kind of for everyday pedaling and then or have dissector, your dissector is good as well.
0: Roller. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or honestly, just throw the, throw the double downs or the DH casing tires when you go to the bike park. Yeah. If yeah. that's a more, if a exactly. less frequent thing, then you could probably just get away with having those, you know, tires sitting there and swapping those out. Yep.
1: I think that's the sacrifice you have to make if you don't want to break the bank is uh, be willing to just change your own tires real quick. Yeah. Know, um, that's going to gonna make the biggest difference on how your bike rides. By far. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Me and Trevor are always down the tire rabbit hole and looking for that Goldilocks combo. Yeah. Um, But yeah, tires make the biggest difference. Like double downs or DH casings on a trail bike. And then you go to like EXO and you literally can go from almost a downhill bike feeling to almost like an XE bike feeling. Same bike. 100%. Yeah.
1: And it's great because then you can just have the kind of one bike killer quiver or one bike quiver yeah, killer yeah, and, totally. uh, and have it be just that trail bike and literally be able to ride anything,
0: yeah, which is awesome. I did the same thing, um, on the production preview the other day, I swapped out the DH casing continental tires and I just put on some trail tires, like, you know, Assegai DHF and I think absolutely rockets around now. And I was just like, Whoa, I didn't know this bike was this yeah. fast just with regular trail tires, but it is. Um, so yeah, definitely some faster tires and then, you know, just like maybe a hardtail
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding or not or not I trying to I mean, stay married it, I, I know <laughs> man
0: just, no maybe give it a couple years and get a hardtail you know but so if you're that, living somewhere more flat with XC riding like a hardtail would be sick yeah. it would be you know yep and like you can and, get a cheap hardtail again tail. good deals to be had right now yeah probably yep. around a thousand dollars maybe a little bit more maybe one or two grand like yeah. if you piece together a hardtail I tail. bet you you could
2: get a really cool hardtail right now for like two grand
0: right even like, like, like a good, really nice yeah. one like,
2: like zero upgrades needed totally okay. yep.
0: totally 100% yeah um yeah well boys that i think pretty much wraps this one up that was fun I'll um wraps it up. trevor thank you so much for joining us of course it was a fine of course. tuesday that was fun
1: is. glad to be back
0: thank yeah you. we love having trevor on the podcast and uh it seems like everybody else does too so thanks guys thank you guys so much for listening it was a great day great yep. show liam thanks for coming
2: oh yep thank you man yeah i'll be here anytime yeah um and uh Leave us a
0: review. Leave us a review if you want and send it to podcast at WorldwideCyclery.com. Screenshot it, send it in. We'll give you a little gift card. And then uh, that's pretty much it. You almost said it,
2: but we should have a party at WorldwideCyclery.com. And people send us party suggestions because we're always trying to come up with what to do for our parties. That's
0: cool. Yeah. If you have party suggestions, send them in like a company party yeah we went bowling the other day that was pretty cool that was yeah. fun yeah got a few strikes liam won i won the final round yeah
2: well someone had to be weaver yeah i mean, <laughs> I, I don't care me and you were in we were for the class. final we were we were right there and but jared choked pretty uh, hard <laughs> i was
0: right there within striking distance literally uh pun intended no pun intended and uh two gutter balls and
2: liam just ran away ran with away. it so. amazing but, yeah I'd, i wouldn't have cared if you won but we had to beat Weaver. So. <laughs> That's right. That's all that really mattered. That's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. true. Awesome. Good times. All right, guys. Awesome. Well, catch we're going to go have one. dinner. Good night. You. All right. Love you.